do what you can to outsource as much as possible. You don't have to do all of the things. And I think one of the challenges with burnout is that oftentimes is is tied to this belief that if I don't do it, it won't get done. Or if I don't do it, it won't get done properly. Mm, which causes us not to lean into the help of other people. And you've got to let go of that. Listen, one of the things about creating more space for yourself inside of your business is opening up yourself to receive help, though that help may not be exactly how you wanted it. It might not be perfect. It might not be, you know, the the way that you would have done it. But if the task gets done, (laughs) is that not worth it? Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to handle, how to cope with, how to avoid business burnout. And this episode is actually inspired by a response that I got from a Hennapreneur who I know and love over in the Hennapreneur community. And so I sent out a text message to the Hennapreneur community, which by the way, if you're not on the text messaging list thing, you should be. <laughs> if you're a member of the community, just pop in. You can ask for the details or um, inside of the group, oftentimes I'll share the number there. So you're welcome to join. Um, but I sent out a text and I asked the community to tell me if there was anything that they would like to hear about in upcoming episodes of the podcast. And one of the replies that I got that I really, really liked was this one. And this entrepreneur said, you know, what do you do when business is happening and it's good, but you know, could be better and behind the scenes things become a major struggle. She goes on to say, all the things that aren't actual arting start to fall off. And I can't be the only sparkle rainbow brained person who has this as part of their cyclical struggles. And you know what? I'm here for that. Because let's be real, most of us are artists. Most of us aren't looking at things from the more logistical, tactical side, strategic side, right? It's just, it's the opposite side of the brain, right? And we tend to um, be very comfortable with the part of our business that revolves around the art and then the things that feel really heavy or the things that feel very technical, the things that feel perhaps like they require us to kind of put on our more serious hat. (laughs) <laughs> they um, they might intimidate us or make feel a little bit daunting, or they may be the things that we kind of brush to the side because even if we know how to do them, we don't really want to do them, right? And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I don't want you to struggle with the areas of business that aren't 
that aren't sexy. Like, let's be real, you know? Part of our business where we, you know, get to create the parts where we're visiting with clients, where we're showing up um, on social and sharing about our lives and sharing about our brands and our stories and where we're hearing the stories of our clients, right? Where we're making connection and where we're giving back to our community and we're getting to create all of this beautiful art. All of that's like super sexy. That's really fun. But nobody really looks forward to doing their taxes, right? Like nobody really looks forward to uh, putting together the ins and outs of a marketing campaign. Though you might be super excited about the campaign you're going to run, once you start to get into the weeds of what you're building, it can feel a little bit, you know, exhausting. And it might feel a little bit uh, monotonous as well. And so I want to share with you a couple of tips that you can uh, employ to help not only cope with back-end burnout, but also how we can try to avoid some of this, okay? So the first thing that I want to introduce is this idea of scheduling time for the things that you know you need to do. So when I <laughs> when I sit down with my business every quarter, because this is something that I do every quarter, <laughs> I plan for the different areas of business that are going to require my attention. So right away when I'm doing my quarterly planning, which if you haven't checked out the episode here recently, it was uh, three tips. I give you three tips to have better quarterly planning. So if this whole concept seems new to you or you want to do better with your quarterly planning, be sure to check out that episode too. But when I sit down to do my quarterly planning, I look at my calendar and I put in time that's going to allow for me to do the things that are necessary for my business to run through multiple lenses. So not only am I taking um, time for, or scheduling time, going in and actually scheduling time for, for financial reviews, for leadership review, for sales and marketing um, execution, for content creation. But I'm also looking at things like, okay, when am I going to actually tackle um, those admin tasks that kind of catch up to, you know, catch up to you uh, all of a sudden? Or um, when am I going to have, you know, pace mixing day? Or when am I going to have time to roll extra cones? Because I know that I've got, you know, this festival happening, or I've got these back-to-back -back events that are going to happen, and I want to be as prepared as possible so that I can jump right in and serve my clients or, or be as, as ready as possible, right? When are you taking inventory of the things for your booth? If you're a festival artist, for example, when is it that you're sitting down with your books and, and reviewing for the season, you know, the designs that you have there, the price points that you have there, um, that everything is in good order, right? Some of these things don't happen all of the time, but it may be happening once per quarter. Um, and there are definitely things that if they don't happen when it's time to go and do the work, do the arting, as she mentioned, um, then it's going to be very difficult for you if these things are not complete. And then other pieces are things that are cyclical, as she mentioned, that, you know, these are coming up every week, every month, every quarter, uh, perhaps every day, depending on what the task is. And because of that, we need to schedule time for these things. Have the time available. Because Otherwise, if we don't plan for it, it's very easy for us to skip over it, especially if it's not something that we really enjoy doing, okay? So what does planning look like? Well, 
Again, I love to look at this first at a quarterly level. So I'll look at a three month span. And during that time, you know, I'll have my calendar out and I will go in and I will mark, okay, this is the, this is the day that I'm going to dedicate to this type of task. Um, you know, I'm going to dedicate these two days to my sales and marketing. I'm going to dedicate these three days to doing a financial review, whatever that looks like for you. But we do want to make sure that we're actually putting the time on the calendar and that we're uh, respecting that time as well. We're respecting the schedule that we create for ourselves. Once you've got it at a quarterly level, right, this is where we're putting those more high level items, those things that you as the CEO of your business, right, the owner of the business, you need to do these things or else the business will not run effectively. Then you can bring it back, right? You can get a little bit closer if you will and you can start to look at it at a monthly level. All right, so if I know, for example, I'm going to spend um, the third week of the month planning out my sales and marketing strategy for the upcoming month, right? What does that actually look like? So here we can get a little bit a little bit closer to it, right? Um, what else needs to happen during that month? If I'm spending that third week focused on sales and marketing, where then am I going to place other tasks that need to happen that also are a necessity for my business's growth and for its maintenance, right? So perhaps that is you know, if I'm spending the third week working on sales and marketing, where then am I going to place my financial review? Where then am I going to make space for mixing paste and filling cones? When am I going to make space for reaching out to other local vendors for collaboration? Um, on what days are that, you know, is that going to happen throughout the month? And if I'm spending that week focused on sales and marketing, how then can I make sure that I have ample time set aside inside of other weeks of the month, right? That are going to allow for me to do these, these pieces of work, not only for that time, but also in advance, right? To cover the time that I will be spending Focus purely on my sales and marketing strategy. Do you want more bookings with clients who say things like, do whatever you want, I love all of your work, and who rave about how amazing your art is to anyone who'll listen? You know, the ones who respect your time, pay your rates without flinching, come back over and over again, and who leave a juicy, generous tip to boot? If the thought of filling your client list with people like this has you screaming, yes, please, then friend, I want you to head over to hennapreneur.com slash BBC. That's hennapreneur.com slash BBC. And get registered for my next business bootcamp like yesterday. The business bootcamp is perfect for hennapreneurs who want more bookings with better clients at higher rates and who want to feel like a boss from start to finish. From smart marketing to designing like a pro, from swoon-worthy bookings to savvy banking, the nine-week business bootcamp has the support and guidance that you need to jumpstart your business in the right direction. Seats are limited and we kick off the next cohort soon. So visit hennapreneur.com BBC to get registered now. So when we look at our calendar in this way, it almost becomes like a, 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 a bit of a puzzle, right? How can I fit this in, in a way that's going to feed my goals in a way that's also going to feed what feels good to me in terms of workload and my own capacity, right? Um, do you have things going on at a certain time? Maybe you have, you know, things in your personal life. Maybe you have a birthday. Maybe you have an anniversary. Maybe there's time off that you want um, to take. Maybe um, you have other obligations. You have pizza night with your family, and that's something that you, you know, it's a non-negotiable for you. Excellent. 
make sure it's on the calendar. And <laughs> and then we'll work out these bits um, around that. So we go from the quarterly level down to the monthly level. And then finally, we move to the weekly level. And when I when I do scheduling at a weekly level, what I prefer to do is I work with a mix of block scheduling and Pomodoros. So block scheduling is essentially where I will break up the days on my calendar. This is at a daily level, right? Weekly level. The days on the calendar are broken up into blocks. This will be, uh, typically it's about two hours per block. It just depends on the type of task that I'm working on. But, um, and perhaps, perhaps, I'll even walk this back just a little bit more. Uh, perhaps it is that you have, if we're looking at one particular week, maybe it's that Monday we only do CEO tasks and Thursday we only do um, content marketing tasks. Friday, perhaps we only do, you know, financial review and making sure that everything uh, like small admin tasks are taken care of as you're going into the weekend. Um, or maybe, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday is only about pace preparation and making sure that all of your gear is ready and in order for the bookings that are coming up later on in the week. So this this is an example of a way that you can use block scheduling on a weekly basis, but you can even take that and at a daily level, break it up. So maybe it's that, you know, morning hours on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are specific to sales and marketing. Um, afternoon hours on Monday are for a financial review. Afternoon hours on uh, Tuesday are for admin tasks or what have you, whatever works for for you, whatever works for you, but let's schedule it, right? So we're gonna plan this out at a quarterly level, a monthly level, and then a weekly level. But schedule the things, <laughs> schedule the time that you're going to need in order to accomplish these items. Um, because without having that time allocated for yourself, it's very easy to skip over this work entirely. Again, because it's not particularly compelling for you, right? Another tip that I have for you is um, to outsource or automate as much as you can. So if there are things that you already know do not bring you joy inside of your business or that you don't feel are actually um, within your zone of genius, meaning this is not something that you can do very easily and feel excited about. I didn't say zone of excellence. That's something else. That's where you um, are good at it, but it doesn't bring you joy. Well, I'm not even talking about this. I'm talking about are these tasks that you're good at and they excite you? If they don't fall into that category, meaning they are not within your zone of genius, what I would suggest is looking at options for ways that you can outsource those tasks. So for example, I'm a numbers person. I like numbers. I enjoy looking at reports for my business. Why? I, you know, it's exciting for me to, to be able to track where my business is growing, how the work that I'm putting in is, is you know, paying me back literally with dollars and cents. Um, and it's a very easy way for me to keep track of my business's performance. At the same time, I have zero interest in going in and accounting for all of my receipts. Where did I spend money here? I, you know, I bought this thing there. Um, you know, I, I signed up for this over here. Um, I made this investment or that investment. Like I, oof, just the idea of keeping track of all of those things makes me kind of want to, you know, just throw up in my mouth, if I'm being honest. So one of the things that I choose to outsource in my business is bookkeeping services right? And there are many different ways that you could do that. For me, I um, use Bench. So if you are interested in 
trying them out, I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Um, but I use bookkeeping services to help me with that. They are attached, you know, directly to my business bank accounts and I can make whatever purchases, make whatever transfers within my accounts, all of those things. And then at the end of the month, if they have questions about, Hey, what was this expense or that expense? Then they'll ask me and I will just clarify. And then at the end of the month and at the end of the year, which is even better, um, I, you know, have my full reports that say, well, this is where I spend my money and this is how I, you know, this is how much money I brought in and so forth. And I get to track those reports, um, you know, as I like throughout the year as well. So I have what excites me, but I don't have the work of what doesn't, right? So this is just a, a very easy example, but you can look and take assessment of what things inside of your business actually don't bring you joy at all and look for opportunities to outsource, okay? Another thing um, you might consider, you know, you might be an artist who actually doesn't mind sitting and doing the bookkeeping, but you are exhausted when it comes to the idea of rolling henna cones. Uh, I get it. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a terrible procrastinator. I go from one extreme to another. I either very much enjoy rolling henna cones or I very much dislike rolling henna cones. I find it tedious. So, <laughs> so I'll go through these seasons where at one point I might be rolling cones all the time and at others, oof, I'm rolling the cones right before the booking because I just put it off for that long, right? So in a case like that, when you're in that season or if you're that type of artist who really would prefer not to have to do that work, purchase rolled empty cones. Like go to Alex's Cone Shop, go to alexsconeshop.com, buy cones from him. Like it's super simple and you'll have good quality empty cones. You can fill them up with your paste when you're ready. Like do what you can to outsource as much as possible. You don't have to do all of the things. And I think one of the challenges with burnout is that oftentimes is, is tied to this belief that if I don't do it, it won't get done. Or if I don't do it, it won't get done properly. Mm, which causes us not to lean into the help of other people. And you've got to let go of that. Listen, one of the things about creating more space for yourself inside of your business is, and not even inside of your business alone, this actually is a life applicable skill, right? Opening up yourself to receive help, though that help may not be exactly how you wanted it, it might not be perfect. It might not be, you know, the, the way that you would have done it. But if the task gets done, <laughs> is that not worth it, right? You allow yourself more capacity when you open yourself up to receiving help. And I think um, many of us struggle with this idea of, of seeking out help for our businesses, either because the investment feels scary or because it feels like maybe it's frivolous. Um, but I want to challenge that thought. And I want to offer instead that by creating space for someone else to help you and by accepting um, the assistance from someone else, you know, inside of your business, what you're actually doing is increasing your own capacity because you aren't spending this energy <laughs> on tasks that feel extra heavy. And instead, you can spend that same energy on things that actually excite you and that you can go a lot longer and a lot farther and with a lot more fun, right, as well. So this is just a little suggestion, a little uh, mindset shift I'd love to offer. If you're one of those people who, hey, is like me, is like me, because um, I have a, I've have had a tendency to be like this as well, and I am learning what it is to accept and receive help. So I get it. 
But I digress. Here, I want to just introduce this, you know, this thought that if you can outsource the things, outsource the things. This might even be something where, look, you don't have to go out and make like, you know, you don't have to hire a whole team (laughs) in order to have good help. Maybe this looks like putting up a post in a local Facebook group or something and saying, hey, I'd like to bring someone in to help me um, schedule out my social media content. Um, Are there any, you know, stay at home moms or any teens in high school or is there anyone who's available to help me make reels? I want to pay, you know, 15 bucks an hour and I just need you like five hours in a week or something like this, right? Like set your budget, let the people know what the tasks are and allow, you know, allow yourself the chance to you know, come in contact with someone who's actually looking for just that little bit of extra cash and it really enjoys also the thing that you're asking uh, for help with, right? Perhaps that thing is their zone of genius and they're they're thrilled to come in and, and support a small business. So these are just, you know, these are thoughts that I think uh, sometimes will just totally bypass us because we feel like we have to go all in, like it's all or nothing. And it's like, no friend, take a step back and assess where you might find some space. <laughs> even if that space is something very, very simple, right? Another thing that you might consider is, you know, having a plan. And again, when I, I when I speak about planning, I get that it might sound super cliche. And for that, I have to apologize. But when you plan, you're much more likely to um, be able to execute on that plan as well, because you know exactly what's coming next. So um, even if we're talking about things like content creation, right, like content creation is something that you're going to have to do pretty consistently right? Especially as your business is first getting up off of the ground. Once your business is more established, you may not have to spend your time in the weeds doing content creation as much because you'll have a backlog, right? You'll have created a library of content that you can, re- you know, you know, rotate through, that you can um, reshare with your audience and that you can offer to people, you know, as questions come up. But when you're first getting started and you're first building connection with your audience, you're going to be spending some time doing content creation. And this is going to be something that, you know, is likely going to be a weekly task. So have a plan for what that's going to look like instead of sitting down each week and thinking, hmm, well, what do I talk about now? Have a, have an actual mapped out plan, okay? On Monday, I discuss this. On Tuesday, I discuss that. On Wednesday, I post about this. On Friday, you know, and, and on Sunday, on whatever. That way you're not reinventing the wheel. Not only is this going to create a good cadence for you so that when you sit down to do your content creation, you are, you know, you're not having to, you know, go back to, oh, well, what's this or what's that? No, you can just sit. Okay, this is the theme (laughs) and this is the type of content I'm creating. On Monday, I create a video. On Wednesday, I go live right? Um, maybe on, on Monday, it's a teaser video saying what I'm going to be talking about on Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to go live and I'm actually going to talk about that thing. And then on Friday, I'm going to share a recap of the takeaways from Wednesday's live for those people that missed it, right? This can be super simple, but if you have a rotation like this, it builds a cadence, not only for you, as I mentioned, in the content creation process itself, but it also creates expectations with your clients. They get to anticipate what's coming from you next. They can look forward to what's coming uh, from you next. And that's also where you'll start to see um, your community begin to grow. Um, And you'll, you'll start to recognize familiar faces, familiar names as they're coming to check out your content on a weekly basis. This is something that even, you know, for me, when I find myself in a growth space um, for, you know, for Cardamom Clove Henna, that's 
one of the things that I do. I'll go live every week and I'll use a very similar um, structuring as what I just shared now so that I can tap in and see what it is that my community is actually wanting to talk about. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when you, you know, can look forward to seeing those faces on social. Um, or see, and then, of course, later on, seeing those faces in appointments, right? Because ultimately, your marketing should be calling them to actually book their henna with you. So there's that. Another thing that you might do if we're if we're not uh, outsourcing, we could certainly automate. Now, when I you know mentioned about making a plan around content marketing, that's less automation, but it is it's working from a template, right? If we can templatize the things, you're more likely to be able to do them um, with ease, right? And automations and templates are also wonderful ways for you to um, avoid burnout with the back-end tasks in your business. So um, automating client communications, when someone books an appointment, after the appointment, follow up with them for a review. Um, if you have a system in place that allows for you to reach out to them. Um, maybe that's doing a reconnection email with them, you know, six weeks after the last appointment, inviting them to come back in. These are things that you can automate inside of your business. So do that, right? And even if, even if the actual sending of the email isn't automated, what if, what if one day a month, you scheduled yourself for, you know, the 15th of each month, you are going to sit down and go into your booking um, software and you're going to pull the names of the clients who saw you in the month prior and you're going to send them an email checking in with them and inviting them to come visit you and with some sort of incentive or some sort of, you know, personalized invitation for them uh, to receive services within the next week or two weeks. We talk all of the time, entrepreneurs, about how much we want to have clients that return, who come back and who bring back friends with them or who leave excellent reviews and so forth. How do you think that happens, right? Invite them. Invite them. It's a wonderful way for you to see growth in your business at a very fast pace. Um, and this is something that you could automate, if you will, or templatize in your own processes. Perhaps this is something that happens on your sales and marketing day, right? Or perhaps this is something that's included in your admin tasks day, right? Whatever this looks like to you, but let's look for ways that we can make templates around our processes so that it's easy for us to follow. Having actual templates as well in terms of, you know, responses for clients when someone texts you, have a response, a, a, a template that you're just going to you know, copy and paste and send back to them. Having these sorts of things in your email as well, these frequently asked questions, have the answers to them in a document on your phone. You can copy, paste, send them back, right? Like, let's create, <laughs> let's create templates so that it's easy for us when it's time for us to actually go in and do that admin type, uh, type of work. And then what I'd love to suggest, and this is something that oftentimes we overlook, we will build out a template or we'll build out a process and then we won't document it. And so when it's time for us to visit again, you know, some weeks later or the next month or the next quarter, we feel like we are reinventing the wheel again. And I don't want that for you. So when you sit down to work, what I would prefer instead is for you to actually have a documented process. This is what I need to do. Step one, two, three, four, five, et cetera, in order to complete this task. So even if that is inside of a Google Doc um, or notes in your phone, whatever this looks like to you, have somewhere the documentation around 
what the process looks like for each task that you need to do that isn't fun, right? So if you are doing financial reviews, for example, um, that might look like, you know, you're going to pull the report, your weekly report that shows sales. Um, you're going to take out the information about gross and net sales. Um, you're going to, you know, place this information into your spreadsheet. You're going to review any loose receipts that you have. You're going to check in and make sure that the numbers on your reports are balanced with the numbers in your bank account. If they're off, where did the money come from? Or where did the money go, right? Making sure that we have all of these things ready so that we can plug the numbers into your, you know, your monthly profit and loss statement. I mean, friends, <laughs> these are things that must be done. So go ahead and document the process so that every time you sit down to do the work, you're just checking the boxes off and you know that every every base has been covered, okay? And finally, my third tip here is that I want to encourage you to do what you can, when you can, and give yourself some grace, okay? I share all of this and also... I'm acutely aware that for many of us, we are working very hard, very diligently to build our businesses by ourselves. I get it. I've been there. Um, in, in many ways, I still am there. Actually, um, for the Henna Boutique, I basically run everything myself. I have managed to automate about 95% of my business, thankfully. So at this point, the business kind of does run itself, um, and I just have to show up and make sure that all of the gears are turning appropriately. Um, but that's something that you can learn, and that's something that you can do as well. So by the way, if this is something that you would like to learn, mm, reach out to me, friend. Like I would love to teach you. <laughs> I would love to teach you whether that's inside of um, you know the business boot camp where you're kind of lear just learning the basics of it all, or if you actually want to build a business that's very much like mine. In that way, like, come and work with me inside of the accelerator. Let's actually build that for you, right? Um, but I want to give you space. I want to acknowledge, you know, for you that I, I know, I know that it feels heavy when you have all of these different tasks on your plate. And it's like, but I'm a party of one. I get it. And for that same reason, we want to have things as simplified as templatized and as smooth running as possible. There's a saying that I love to remind myself of when I'm kind of in the weeds when it comes to, um, you know, creating organization with these sorts of things, with the tasks, with the, um, the back end work, the operations. And that is slow is smooth, but smooth is fast. Okay. So it may be slow at first to get these things in order, to get the back end of your business and its operations in order. It may feel slow, but once those things are done, it will allow for your business to run more smoothly. And when that business is running smoothly, whew, it's fast. The results are fast, okay? Aside from that, again, I want you to give yourself some grace. So even if that means, you know, you're rolling cones while you're watching a movie or you're replying to emails, you know, you've got 15 minutes at the end of the night, reply to emails. Don't send the email out at nine o'clock right? So that that person who's also laying in bed scrolling on their phone gets your email and now they're replying to you right there and you're like, oh man, I don't get out. No, write the email, schedule it out, schedule it to go out during your office hours, right? Um, but do the things according to your schedule. You're allowed to do that. You're the business owner. And finally, there's this piece. The best way, friends, to avoid burnout is to keep your cup full. So though it feels incredibly counterintuitive, 
I want to encourage you to rest. You need to rest when you need to rest. When your body is calling for it, take the time. When your mind is calling for it, take the time. You have to take care of yourself. You are the conduit of your business and you are the conduit of all the great things that your business is going to leave behind. The legacy, right? That all of the work that you're doing is going to leave. It can only happen if you are well and present and able to do it. So the best way to avoid that burnout is to keep the cup full. Take time for you. Be sure that you're scheduling your your self-care. Be sure that you're scheduling your time off right? And it's okay. The world will not end. (laughs) The world will not end if you have to move things around, right? And when it comes to cyclical struggles, one of the easiest ways for us to um, soften that blow and allow a little bit more ease for ourselves is to make the cycle predictable. (laughs) Okay. So again, leaning into that scheduling, templatizing, automating, outsourcing, and allowing yourself grace through the process. I hope this is helpful. I'm going to open up the Hendepreneur community to a bit of conversation around this because I'm interested to know which which part of the back end of your business is the most challenging for you. So if you're not already a member of the Hendepreneur community, you should join us. It's over on Facebook. We're a wonderful little corner of the internet. But there we can have a little bit uh, you know more conversation around what it is that's that's kind of catching you up. Um and if I can perceive that there is a a common theme, then I'll be sure to come back and give you some more specific advice as well. All right. Well, I'll let y'all go. I hope that this has brought you tons of value and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.